Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 18. We are uh, live in San Francisco. Uh, no, no Zoom today, and I'm, I'm sure that will reflect in the audio quality. Uh, so thank goodness. You're welcome. Already off to a better start. Um, and lots to talk about today. Um, Quite a bit. I think we missed some things. Yeah. Uh, that happened. You know, uh, obviously our favorite team in the world has uh, moved on from Bob Myers, and, and yeah. it's been apparent. It, yeah. Some things have it's gone been, It's been out. like less than a week, and it's already a disaster. I, you know, Jordan Poole being gone, uh, I think it probably means that we might have to just shut down the whole podcast, because yeah. I think that more than 50% of what we were talking about, what we have talked about on this podcast, has to do with Jordan Poole. Yeah. Or just is directly about Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a huge change. Uh, it's a regime shift within the podcast. Yeah. And I don't know. We have to decide whether or not we're just going to be Wizards fans. Right. <laughs> uh, so if they didn't trade away Tingus Pingus, then I, I, I might have been, been on that wave. But for now, I think we'll stick with the Dubs. Yes. Um, and, and those of you who are familiar with our talking Ball lore, um, you, you, guys, you guys are familiar with... How integral uh, Jordan Poole was really to like the the launch of this podcast. Yeah. Um. So him 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 moving you know him being moved on really hurts. Um. But we'll we'll get really in depth to that later because uh, there has been a lot else that's happened since our last episode, namely um, an entire NBA Finals, um, <laughs> which we oh that happened. You know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the, the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Warriors didn't play in it, so nobody really cared. Who cares? Yeah, it doesn't really count. <laughs> I mean, wasn't wasn't much of a finals, honestly. Uh, yeah, actually, though. You know, the, the Heat just stopped showing up uh, about, you know, game five of the Eastern Conference Finals. That's sort of when it, when it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look back on their last, what is it, since, since game five of the Eastern Conference Finals, right? They lost three games. They won three games. Sorry, they lost. They lost three games. They won a game. They uh, lost a game, won a game, lost three games. Yeah. So, so that's what two and, two and six. Two and six. Yeah. No, sorry. Two and seven. Two and seven. Two and seven in their last nine games. So Yikes. it wasn't really great yeah. play coming from the Heat yeah. towards the end, uh, and it didn't really look like much of a challenge for the the Nuggets at all. Um, you know, I think that they play great basketball. I think they were the best team in the league. Yeah. I think that that is, yes. is very clear. I think Nikola Jokic is the best player in the league. It's it's really undeniable at this point. Um, but there's also something to be said about how easy the path was because I was yeah. You know, it, we, I, I'm sure you might have seen the graphic. I'm sure a lot of a lot of people have. <laughs> but uh, it's by seeding the I actually, easiest I haven't, run. I haven't seen that. Graphic. You haven't seen it. I haven't. No. By, by seeding, it is the easiest run. In uh, NBA championship history, yeah, because they played an eight seed, which is the lowest seed you could possibly play, and then in the next round they played a uh, a four seed, which is the second lowest seed yeah. you can play in the second round, only only to be uh, lowered by the five seed. Right, so they yeah. could have potentially played a five seed. Then they played the seven seed, which is the lowest seed that you can possibly play after playing the eight after seed. After playing yep. the eight seed already. And then they played the eight seed, which yep. is the lowest seed that you could possibly play. Yeah. So the only way that they could have had an easier path, that any team could have had an easier path to the finals, would have been if they played the five seed. They played of the, the five seed of the four in seed. the second round, which is you know a, as mild of a difference as you can get. Exactly. Um, but hey, you can't fault them for who they play. That's not in their control at all. And what they did like to a these true teams, stand. what they did to these teams was they dominated. Yeah, them. that's true. So they, there was never a wavering, uh, really, in any of the series that they played, mm-hmm. um, of whether or not they were going to. Well, Brooke, win. Um, Phoenix did tie it two two against them. Um, yeah, which you know, and that that makes you know, like you know, Phoenix had a disappointing end to their season, but that does make Phoenix look a little bit better, knowing that they were the only ones to take the champions to more than five games. They took them to six. Yeah, um, but. Um, you know, something, something that I think, you know, sucks for the Heat is, you know, going into this finals, everyone's like, you know, looking at this Heat team as a team that's, you know, they're fighters, they're scrappy, they're an eight seed, they're dogs. Yep. And well, no, they finished their season two and nine and it's like, people, yeah, people are now going to remember this Heat team as what they, what they were, which is an eight seed. Yeah. You know, they, they really, honestly, they ended their season playing like an eight seed, um, which was and Jimmy was not as good as he was yeah, at it, all. I, he might I was, have been hurt. You know, there, were, there was definitely an mm-hmm. injury thing going on with his ankle. But, you know, a lot of it is kind of 
almost erased in our minds because he was having this incredible playoff run. He was he had elevated himself to a completely different tier. He had put a stamp on of his name in the history books, like Jimmy Butler, this playoff run, and then he just really didn't show up at all during the finals. Yeah, which, so, bit, which is when it counts most, and yeah. it feels like you know everything he did before that means so much less, and everything the Heat as a whole did before that means so much less. Because you know, now you know, like I said, people aren't going to remember them as for what they accomplished. They're going to remember them as what they. What they didn't accomplish, yeah, which is winning a championship. But yeah, they're, um, they're, like they're going to be looked at as an eight seed when it, when, you know, it's disappointing as someone who was rooting for them. Yeah, that's that's pretty tough. Uh, you know, I was sort of on, on the Nugget side. I, I told I told you this. You know, mm-hmm. I've been on the Nugget side. Uh, I have a lot of friends who live in Denver, and former um, Boulder boy, former Boulder boy. And when they won the championship, uh, they just immediately started shit-talking me. <laughs> so I don't know how much... I kind of regret it a right. little bit. Uh, he, like, they started saying, like, you know, Jokic over Curry, like, all this. I, oh, I, wow. I, I was laughing about it. Um, like, all-time or right now? Uh, I'm sure that they would say both of those. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but it's all right. You know, I, I'm still not going to fall yeah. off the Nuggets. Let them... Yeah, Den- Denver needed championship. that one. Let they them, do need Let it. them enjoy it. Yeah, they knew it. Although that they they did win the Stanley Cup last year, that's true. And now they've won the NBA Finals this year, yeah. and and Broncos country might be riding. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, riding all the way, riding all the way to a wild card exit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I honestly did not. You know, this is this is not good as as someone who wants to have a career in sports media and is knowledgeable about basketball. But I did not watch as much of the finals as I would have liked. Um, you know, similar for uh, similar reasons as I as we weren't able to release an earlier episode. You know, it's just you know going out of town a lot and finishing up school, being busy with you know work and internships and all that. Um, I was a I was a pretty busy bee um, the last couple of weeks and I didn't get to watch much of the finals. Um, I did watch Game Five though, um, which was nice because I'm like uh, like it sort of hit me like oh shit like. I didn't really watch any of this series, and if I don't watch this game, I might not be able to watch basketball yeah. until October. Yeah. Um. So, I got to I got to watch game five. Yep. And it was uh you know kind of went as expected. So yeah. congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nugget Jeans. Moving on to next year and to the NBA draft, which mm-hmm. also occurred since the last time we put out a podcast. Um. Can you guess who went number one? Yeah, San Antonio shocked the world and took Victor Wembanyama. Incredible, uh, minus twenty thousand odds, right, yeah. I believe. Yeah, all uh, this Connor Bedard talking, he didn't even get drafted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but more interestingly, uh, Charlotte went with Brandon Miller mm-hmm. at number two. They did not draft Scoot Henderson, seemingly in a move to let Lamelo Ball know that he's their point guard for yep. the future. Um, but we've seen many times how it goes when you draft for fit, fit. and not for talent. A la James Wiseman. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I I think Scoot Henderson is a dog. I, from everything that I've yeah. seen about Scoot Henderson, he seemed like he was far and away the second best player in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Miller was is a really good player, had a great season at Alabama, was capable of coming alive, and has the body of being a great NBA player. Mm-hmm. But it, there's a difference between, you know, playing in college having a, uh, a an NBA potential or playing against professional basketball players in the G League for two years, three years yeah. maybe, uh, and dominating. Yeah. So Or or playing for overtime elite. Or playing for overtime <laughs> elite, which is another story. So yeah. so Scoot goes three, he goes to the to the Trailblazers. Yeah. Leaves some question marks to uh, with the Trailblazers front office. What's mm-hmm. gonna happen with Dame? Uh, I think Dave decided that he wants to stick around. He's gonna be loyal again, dude. I don't. I mean, I mean, we, we we talked about this at lunch today. I think, I think Dame wants to leave, and Portland wants to move on from him. But Portland doesn't want to trade Dame without Dame requesting a trade because then that makes Portland look bad. Yeah. But Dame doesn't want to request a trade because that makes Dame look bad. So you know, it was either you or Eli said it. No, you know, nobody wants to be the bad guy, or nobody yeah. wants to look like the bad guy, um, which is. I think unfortunate for both parties because I think Dame benefits from going to a team like Miami, um, where cause, you know we were, again we were talking about this earlier. Um, I think Dame wins a championship if not if he's the sole best player on his team, but he's sort of a one A one B best player on his team. Like, yeah. If he can go to like you know a, a Jason Tatum or Jimmy Butler uh, caliber player, 
if you can go to you know a, a team like that, um, I think that team is probably title, content, definitely title contenders, maybe yeah. even favorites. Um, and you know, that's obviously not happening in Portland. Um, and Portland is stuck in purgatory. They've been stuck in purgatory for a long time of being a mediocre NBA team. Um, and I, I they they got to do something about it, and yeah. they have a great opportunity to do something about it with Scoot Henderson. Um, and so I, I think it's best if both, for both parties, if they move on, um, I just, you know, like, like I said earlier, nobody wants to be the bad guy in that situation. Yeah. And for Portland, it's, if you move on from Dame, you have, you know, like shade and sharp, you have, you have Anthony Simons, you now have Scoot Henderson, who are guys who, um, and you're going to get a lot of capital for Dame. Get a lot of capital and, and. These are guys who could absolutely, at least one of them, will probably end up being a star in the NBA yeah. uh, in the future. So I think that you're probably right. That's most likely the best thing that they should do. Yeah. Uh, they're in a stalemate, though. The Portland Trailblazers have never been a very yeah. uh, successful organization. So probably not going to happen. Do they, they, have, they have one championship, right? Yeah, I think they do have one championship. They got one with uh, Walton, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, yeah, in any case, after, after Scoot... All-time whiff yeah. uh, by the Hornets, <laughs> in my opinion. After Scoot go the Thompson Twins. Yeah. Or Well, one, one thing about Scoot real quick is, you know, like, I think if, if Wenbinyama's not in this draft class, Scoot goes number one, because um, I think Scoot is a better prospect than Miller. Yeah. But yeah, Charlotte drafted for fit and not talent, which is why Scoot fell to three. Yeah, we'll see how it works out with Brandon Miller. Uh, you know, I'm sure he'll be good. I'm sure he'll yeah. be good. I see a very, like, the, he's the, a He's a great shooter. He's a he's a great shooter. I was biting my tongue. He knows how to pass. Try not to make that that shooter joke. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's it it it, the joke really writes itself. Um, It does. um, You know, basketball, gun violence, um, and and should have gone to Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe we actually we wrote we wrote the outline for this episode, and uh, I'm looking at it now, and we didn't even write John Morant. Um, Oh shit! Let's let's just get it over with now. Yeah. John Morant has been suspended for 25 games for yeah. brandishing a firearm on Instagram Live for the second time. Um, and I think 25 games is super light. I was expecting wow. I was expecting 41 games. Like, that's sort of where I put the mental over-under, you know, like half the season. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because, like, he only got, you know, like, he got suspended eight games for doing it the first time. And so I would have yeah. expected way, way more for doing it a second time um, after already being disciplined for it. Um, so yeah, I think 28 games is, uh, light. I was expecting more from the league. Um, but what do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure. I I feel like it's a, it's a decent compromise. I was, I was also expecting more. I kind of thought it was going to be 41. That was, that was my, uh, expectation going in. You know, I, I don't like John Morant very much. Um, and to go from, you know, getting suspended for it, going through this like rehab program where you learned how to like. (laughs) Not show a gun on Instagram right, Live, yeah. and then doing it again. It was like, <laughs> bro, you could not have messed up harder. Yeah, he relapsed. Yeah. Than doing this, but at the same time, he didn't do anything illegal. There was nothing illegal right. that he yeah. did. Yeah, and, 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 and he didn't hurt anybody. And he didn't hurt anybody other than potentially maybe beating up a seventeen-year-old. Uh, but that wasn't proven. <laughs> so yeah. it's Allegedly. kind of the the, co- the you know the combination of all of those things, like some alleged things, some things that actually happened to the NBA, saying, "Hey, man." Uh, you're gone for the first 25 games. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm glad that they did something about it. I really, you know, it would just be so funny if he just does that shit again. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, uh, I mean, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> you should do it again for the culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Test, uh, test Adam Silver's. See, see how cold the water really like is. Like right before he retires. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. his last game, just like yeah, just pull up with a gun. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that happened to Jaw. Uh, lots more going on around the league, yeah. though. Um, but uh, some some big well, moves. I want I want to let you talk about the Thompson Twins too, because I, I I cut you off. We can talk about the Thompson Twins. Really, I'm just I'm just anti Thompson now. Twin. I I'll, I'll call it right now on the pod on uh, national TV on our our uh, worldwide broadcast. <laughs> For, yeah, our, our global audience. I don't believe in the Thompson Twins because they play in the overtime league, which is a yeah, bunch like, of scrubs. What, what the fuck is that? Like I don't even know, dude. Like. I don't, I play I for the know. G League Ignite. If you were good, you'd play for the G League Ignite. 
yeah, they're probably just not as developed as other players. You know, imagine if you put Brandon Miller in the overtime league. Yeah, like, like he's he'd probably go number one. Forty, like, yeah, yeah. forty a game. Uh, like, I'm sure there's a lot of players who have been playing D1 basketball for several years who could have shined in the overtime uh, overtime league as much as the Thompson Twins, if not more. Uh, I think that their their appeal was that they were big, but you know, one of them's a point guard, one of them's a small forward, who's not that big as a small forward. Yeah, they're, like, they're six foot seven, so it's like that's a pretty normal and, size. And for the two, NBA. weighing two, the 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 point guard's two hundred, the small forward is two hundred five, so it's like two hundred five pounds as a small forward. Like, if you're six foot seven, small forward who's two hundred five pounds. That's small. You are like, now small in the yeah. league. Yeah. So putting the small and going small forward, from, like I, I just think the jump from going from the overtime league in the overtime elite to now playing in the NBA is something that's far too big of a jump to yeah. to be drafted fourth and fifth. Right. Overall. Yeah. And, and and it's like every other player that got drafted after the Thompson twins is better than anybody they played all season. Like. I believe Other, so. Otherwise, they would they you know you know somebody we could, else somebody could, else could, in the overtime elite would be. I drafted. haven't watched much. Overtime basketball this year, <laughs> so I might be talking out of my ass. There maybe there's some D1 level players who are playing in this league who, uh, you know, could have competed right, at, but, at a D1 level. But by some level of logic, then they also would have been drafted. Probably. Yeah. So yeah, that I mean that's that's how it is. It's kind of like how the NBA is sort of shifting towards back towards like this high school um, idea where yeah. players are coming like not a lot of players are actually going to college. Uh huh. They're going to these other other leagues like Lamelo Ball is probably the the number one like success story of, of this is is going to play in Australia coming and coming back to the NBA and actually being good right well and also too you know it's like the, with, with this draft specifically you know all of the top picks except obviously Wembenyama and then Koulibaly at seven um, are American um, but um, you know it's like you could you could make like the the only all NBA first teamer who was American this year was Jason Tatum, so it's like you know, the being American and going NCAA to get in the NBA like that, that idea is obviously like very outdated. Yeah. Um, you look at the top seven picks, only two of them played in uh, the NCAA, and only one of the top five picks played in the NCAA. Um, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's just like these. These teams that have a top pick are thinking, hey, we need a franchise-altering level player. And they see players who play in college as somewhat of a lower ceiling because they think college is a, is a, is a better playing field, which it is. And these guys aren't averaging 30 points a game. But they see someone who is playing in the overtime league who's getting 35 a game or whatever and dominating these kids mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, my God, maybe this guy will be you know, the next coming of Jesus Christ. Right, yeah. Uh, and the same thing with the other guy who played in France on on uh, Women Yama's team. Maybe that's a similar situation. Oh, Koulibaly? Yeah, Koulibaly. Yeah. So uh, I'm not really sure. We'll see. I think that the league is actually looking towards changing the age level at which you can be drafted, which will allow high school players to to get drafted in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely how, how it's looked based on this draft. Yeah. Well, no, and, and it's like as, as, you know, younger people as we are, and, you know, for most of our conscious lives as sports fans, you know, it's like we've just been used to people, you know, going going to the NCAA and then going to the NBA. You know, so, like, we're, we're used to that just being the way it is and the way it works. But, like, if you stop and think about it, it's like, what's the point of forcing these kids to go to college and not get paid for a year and, and they're just not getting degrees? Yeah. Like, like if, if you really stop and think about it and, like, kind of, like, put just what you've grown up with to the side... You know, the NCAA doesn't really make sense. You know, it's like, go, like, if you can go play professionally, there's no point in pretending to pursue an education for a year and not getting paid to play basketball. Like, I agree. I agree. Like, why, why do that to yourself? If it doesn't make sense. If you're going to be a one and done, like, what, really what are the, yeah, no exactly. Point. You know, no, yeah. And it's like, if, if you're going to be, you know, if, if you're going to, if, if you want to get a degree or you need to play uh, multiple years, then yeah, NCAA absolutely makes sense. But if you're like, I, you know, if, if you're in high school and you're like, I know I'm going to play in the NBA. And I want to get there as quick as I can. There's really no reason for you to go to college. I agree with that. Like, what what are the pros? Like, I, I you know, I'm obviously not in NCAA. Babes. I think Babes is probably yeah. The pro. You know what? That's actually a good point. You know, it's like you know, it's like why not? Like, why not go to UCSB? 
Exactly. <laughs> I think UCSB AJ Mitchell. AJ Mitchell knows what's up. <laughs> <laughs> this is why UCSB will be dominating. <laughs> yes. Uh, in the future. This is at, yeah. This this trend of you know one and done basketball players is actually great for UCSB. Yes. Because it's like you know if if you're gonna get picked you know it's like here's the thing if you can get picked fourth overall on fucking overtime elite you can get picked o- fourth overall playing at UCSB. Exactly. Like, yeah. So it's like if if really the only pro of playing NCAA ball is the babes. Then come play for the Gauchos. Let's go. Come play for Coach Joe. Coach Joe's. <laughs> Roll Joe's. All right. Uh, moving on to the trades that happened. Yes. After the draft. Actually, I guess, was this before or after the draft? Uh, it was both. about the same, uh, same before, time. Before, I think. Um, uh, the first one that happened was uh, a big movement. You know, Bradley Beal uh, mm-hmm. moves to the Phoenix Suns in exchange for Chris Paul and Landry Shamit. And like I think a second round draft, yeah, pick uh, or something a protected like that. a protected first round pick and a second round pick. So this was the first of a couple moves from the Washington Wizards. The first that definitely made you go like, what? You know, like looking at it like from a from a just basic perspective, who gets what? The Suns get Bradley Beal, who is an All Star, who has a, a you know thirty plus point potential. I think he led the league in scoring one year. Um, or he was second behind Curry. Yeah, the the year Curry lost MVP to Jokic, Bradley Beal also got thirty a game that year. Yeah, uh, and the Wizards receive a very much aging Chris Paul who was injured at the end of last year, and Landry Shamit. Yeah, <laughs> Landry Shamit. So that didn't make a lot of yeah, sense. I but... didn't. I didn't like that trade for either team. Um, yeah. At the you know, granted, you know, some some later developments did occur with Washington, but like. You know, I don't think Bradley Beal is the type of... You know, I think Bradley Beal's good, but the, the type of player he is and how he fits in with Booker and Durant, I'm not really uh, thrilled about it if, if I'm if I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, which I'm not. Um, but, you know, it's like, congrats. Like, you, your three best players are now essentially... The same player. Different heights of yeah. the same player. It's it's the same it's, player yeah, three times. Yeah, like, they're just scores. They're just... They're really good. They're, they're bucket getters. But they're just scorers. That's kind of it, um, and it makes Phoenix Phoenix's lineup and Phoenix's game uh, really one dimensional. Um, and you know, Phoenix went from being you know the shallowest team in the NBA to the shallowest team in the NBA by Lots. some margin now. Yeah, um, I, their their problem was definitely exposed this year in the playoffs, where uh, you know they had Kevin Durant and Devin Booker both going off. Having like yeah. thirty five plus yeah, they were going crazy. a night, and they were not winning every game. Yeah. And then what happens is they don't score thirty five plus one night, and guess what? They, they lose, lose. Yep. because they have no bench. So now you have an even shallower bench. But I guess if you can if you can get thirty five points from <laughs> yeah, three Bradley players, B. yeah, exactly, then you, you can, can score. Get, what? You can get a hundred points from your, from three of your starters. That gives you, you one only five. need you only need your other two starters and your entire bench to get like. 15 and 20 a game and you're set. So like, that'll be that'll be very interesting to see how yeah. that goes down. No, I mean I I think those 3 will average at least 75 combined. That'll be cool. Um yeah, I, has that ever happened before? Have there ever been 3 players who have averaged a combined 75? Uh I don't know. I've I, you know th- there definitely is potential for them to break some records, I'm sure. Yes. In terms of 3 3 scorers on yeah. the same team. It might be the most stacked just pure scoring wise right uh three players that we've ever seen yeah. on a team um, because you've got three guys who their number one thing is scoring that, yeah, that, like that's their job like three guys who could be the best scorer in the league yeah you know yeah no i like i'm you know like you you've got you've got three three guys who on their own are 30 a game scorers yeah um cause, you know like when you when you think scoring big three when you think big threes you know, you think, okay, Rodman, Pippen, Jordan, but, you know, Rodman wasn't a scorer. Um, and then you think, you know, like, Miami's big three. Yeah, but, like, in that era, like, scoring 25 a game back then was, like, scoring 30 a game now. It's true. So it's, like, I don't, not all three of them were scoring 25 a game. Um, and then you think Durant, Curry, and Clay, but I don't think the, I don't think they ever combined for 75 a game. I like Because I feel like at their best... You know, well, Clay was getting like twenty. Clay, Clay, Clay was getting twenty-two, and Curry and Durant were both getting twenty-seven. So, you know, I bet, I bet that trio probably closest. Probably closest. Um, 
Yeah, and, 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 and you know, honestly, I bet, like, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, and yeah. Will, Will Chamberlain probably did it. Yeah. Um, but if, if we're going, like, you know, <laughs> since the addition of the three-point line, um, that actually be crazy if if people averaged a combined 75 before the three-point line but haven't since. Well, the pace was very different back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, since the NBA became, you know, kind of, like, competitive basketball with the introduction of Magic and Bird, let's call it. So from 1980 onwards, um, no trios come to mind as scoring a combined 75 a game. I bet since 1980, um, the closest would be Durant, Curry, and Clay. Well, yeah, so that's what happened with their first move. Their second move takes Tingus and puts him on the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics, yep. And then moves Marcus Smart to the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. And Which, Oh, God, then... like that's... Like, Marcus Smart is already a really annoying player. Dude, he, he fits in perfectly. I know, in yeah. Like, I, like, I'm surprised it took him this long to find his way to Memphis. He's just their new Dylan Brooks. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's like they... You know, Memphis is changing, you know, like, having a changing of the guard at the agitator or enforcer yeah. position. Yeah, you know um, what they, they said? We need to switch something up. Right, yeah. We're getting rid of Dylan Brooks. <laughs> yeah. Let's go get Marcus Smart. Let's go Smart. get Marcus yeah. Smart. Um, so, yeah, like, oh, that's... I can already see him, you know, in Draymond Green throwing hands and shit-talking each other in the media and making it a circus. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm already annoyed. Um <laughs> Um, and then what was the, what was the last part of that trade? I, I'm missing a piece. Uh, who goes back to Washington in that trade? Um, Tyus Jones and some garbage. Tyus Jones. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not going to change much. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, Washington is Washington's embracing the tank and freeing salary, a lot of salary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and they're going to probably like, you know, I'd say Washington is probably the favorite for the number one pick next year as of right now. And apparently, it's a terrible draft. So really? hilarious for Washington. Yeah. <laughs> wah, wah. Hey, maybe they'll get Bronny James. Maybe they'll get Bronny yeah, James. Yeah. Get LeBron in Washington. <laughs> yeah, and they'll get LeBron in Washington. Classic too. Jordan. Put him, put him next to, put him next to, uh, the, the, the one, the one shining light of hope that the Washington Wizards now have, um, which shatters my heart and Patrick Baldwin spreads, Jr. <laughs> yeah, yeah, PBJ is the Washington Wizard. <laughs> yeah, no, um, no, shatters my heart and and spreads the ashes across. Uh, the the four corners of the earth. Uh, uh, OG that boy nice certified bucket getter. Jordan Poole is now a Washington Wizard. Um, and and yeah, like when I think of like my top five worst days as a Warriors fan. Um, number number one's definitely like Clay Clay tearing his uh, ACL because he tore his ACL first. Yeah, Te- Clay tearing his ACL and losing the finals on the same day. That's number one. Um, uh, losing in 2016, that's number two. Um, but honestly, like in terms of individual days, like pool getting traded, um, that might be number three in like my worst day as a Warriors fan, especially to missing a Hawkes by one pick. Um, cause Jaime Hawkes is, is a, is a, is a dog. Um, and I was hoping we would get him and we missed him by one pick. Jaime Hawkes is going to suck in the NBA. Yeah. Brandon yeah. Pajemski is actually going to be good. Okay. Um, but yeah, Jordan Poole, um, it, it was just like, it, it's, it's not a, a sorrow or a misery that as a Warriors fan, I'm used to, especially too, with like the Warriors ability to retain players and retain talent, um, and, and keep a group together. I just, I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to th- think it was even possible. Um, and, and Jordan Poole. Uh, one of my favorite NBA players ever, probably my second favorite player all time, uh, is now a uh, a Washington Wizard. So like like he he may as well have died. I it's mean, like he's over in Washington. Like I'm gonna forget he exists. You know like, the the story of Jordan Poole is a very interesting one with the Warriors. Low lows, high highs, and uh, you know I actually mentioned it on our last podcast as a as a potential trade. Where we talked about Chris Paul, and I was I, I mentioned the word I was like, oh, Chris Paul is on a one year, uh, you know what? This was on a different podcast. Yeah, I'm confusing my podcast. <laughs> Cheater. On a different podcast <laughs> that I was on, I mentioned Chris Paul as a uh, potential trade for the Warriors to get Chris Paul and then dump off Jordan Poole. But uh, you know that was really based on the last, 
you know, the last stint that Jordan Poole had with the Warriors, which was really bad. You know, his playoff run was not good at all. He shot terribly. He played awful defense. He made terrible mistakes turning the ball over. And overall, he was very much a negative uh, player for the Warriors in the last playoff run. I felt like there were two options. It was either you. No, uh, no, uh. Do you agree? Do you agree with that though? Like, um, he sucked ass in the playoffs. Like, in the playoffs, yeah, he sucked ass. But like, he also sucked ass in the regular season. I don't. I, I don't agree with that. He, what do you mean you don't agree with his that? his efficiency dropped by a lot? He did not suck. He ass. shot like thirty percent from three on the year. He was not. He was shot worse than Draymond Green from three. Well, Draymond Green's a fucking spot up shooter. That's so. a fact. <laughs> um, no, um, I my thing with Jordan Poole is yeah, like his playoff run was bad um and his season was definitely like he definitely like he definitely uh what's the what's the opposite of improve he deproved yeah <laughs> he unimproved um yeah. no yeah he was definitely worse this year than he was the year before but like this whole narrative that like pool's a shitty player pool's a negative asset pool's pool's gonna be a bad contract pool's gonna be a bad player like no like this dude's 23 and like people, people so quickly forget how important he was to the Warriors last year. People so quickly forget that he hit two half court shots in one NBA final series. People so quickly forget that we wouldn't have won a ring without him last year. People so quickly forget how important he was to the you know, like getting the team into the playoffs and getting the team hot at the beginning of the playoffs. Poole was so important to that, and people like everybody forgot how good he was, and people and people seem to think that he can't like. Don't get me wrong. I am I am cognizant of the possibility that he might not have panned out, but people were acting like it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to be a bad player and a bad asset for the rest of his contract, and that fucking pisses me off so much. Everyone had completely like it. You know, one thing that the narrative was like, oh, he's a risk. You know, he might not pan out, but people forget everything good that he did, and people forget that he still scored twenty a game this year, and people wrote him off as like a, a as a foregone conclusion of being bad and that pisses me off so much okay sure understandable last year he was very good last year he was very good this year he was very bad very yeah. like you, you can't you can't he was he played a lot worse but i don't think you can be very bad and average 20 a game i mean if you average 20 a game on efficiency that's below league average then you're hurting your team right because if someone else was getting those 20 points, then it would be better. A random NBA player was getting those 20 points. You'd then be better overall as a team. No. Yeah. Um, I think... Well, and... and I mean, you, shoot, you shoot below league average from three when you're a three-point shooter, right? You shoot, what, I just looked it up, I think it was 43% from the field overall, in the, and which, is, which is worse than he was last year. In a bigger role, you are now hurting your team. We also, as a team, were significantly worse this year than we were last year. The biggest thing that you can point to is Jordan Poole uh, this year. The Warriors just should have built around Poole. They should have traded Steph instead. Okay. So well, <laughs> they, just well, didn't, they, did, they didn't put the right pieces I'm around not, Poole. I'm not saying that Jordan Poole has no potential to be good. He absolutely does. I honestly think he's going to do great. In Washington. I do too. I think this is a really, really good situation for him. I think he's going to shine. People are going to be like, damn, Jordan Poole. Like, they're going to look at him the way that they, maybe not how they look at, Jordan, at Bradley Beal, but like, well, right. Jordan a lot Poole closer. could easily be the next Bradley Beal. Like, he could, I mean, I do not doubt he's going to get 25 a game next yeah. year. So a 25 point per game score is that's probably an all star. You know, if he can yeah. be an all star, yeah. that would be, that'd be, that'd be crazy for him. But, the way that he was fitting in with the Warriors at this time with such a huge contract and the Warriors are coming up on a whole lot of money that they're going to have to give to Draymond, that they're going to have to give to Wiggins, Clay, Clay they're going to have to give to Clay, like all of this stuff. I think it does make uh, some sense for the Warriors. The question I have is directly for next year, not looking at the future of Jordan Poole, not looking at the future of that contract, uh, Having Chris Paul now on the Warriors, are the Warriors better off than having Jordan Poole? Strictly from a basketball standpoint or money standpoint too? A basketball standpoint. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think like right now, maybe, but I think in the next eight to ten months, Chris Paul is going to get a lot worse. Really? And yeah, like, I mean, you know, Chris Paul, I mean, I, I don't like Chris Paul, 
Um, and I, I haven't liked Chris Paul for a while. And that dude is fucking alert. Yeah, dude said, dude said, I'm, I'm addicted to the NBA Finals. Nah, bro, you're allergic. Um, and you know, it's just like, I feel like, um, like this, this was, this year was the start of Chris Paul's decline. Um, and I only see that decline accelerating. Um, and especially now that like his role is going to be reduced, it's like I, I don't see a way in which like. I, I will say this for Chris Paul. I don't think he's going to hurt the team at all. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think, like, he's going to go out there and make any bad plays or bad shots. Um, I think he's going to do his job well. I just think the volume and the magnitude of how well he does his job is just going to be very, very uh, mild. Yeah. yeah no. I, I'm, I'm going to describe Chris Paul's season as the Warrior, for the Warriors, or my prediction for it, as, as very mild. Um, and, you know, it's like... Cause he, like this dude, like this dude's probably gonna come off the bench, and it's like, you know, how how can you expect someone who's turning thirty seven, coming off an injury, um, to be effective when, you know, now he's coming off the bench and having his role drastically reduced, and he's never had a role like this in the NBA before. So I just don't well, uh, like I don't ex- like I think he can do, I think he can play his role very very well, but I think the role that he has is going to you know just d- diminish how effective he actually is. Uh it, I mean the other side of that though You've is You've never seen that, Chris Paul in a, in a role like this. Yeah, that's true, but the other side is to say that because he is aging and now he's 37 and he's slowing down, he probably can't handle as many minutes. If you are to just put him in this role of a backup to Steph Curry, all he's got to do is hold it down while Steph Curry's off the court, make the right plays, Pass to the right people. He knows how to organize an offense. We know yeah. this. Uh, and just make it so our offense is good enough to, you know, maintain our lead in the game. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he can be very effective at that. I, it's a different role, I guess, of course. But like, but we're not asking we're not asking Chris Paul to come and be an elite point guard for us. That uh-huh. is not what we're asking. Yeah. Of him. So I feel like by so not. So why why did we go that, get why did we go get someone who has been you know, born, raised, and bred, and trained to be an elite point guard. Like, because he's 37. Yeah, right. But, like, then why trade for a 37-year-old at all at that point? Because, like, here's my thing. It's like... Well, would, would like, you rather like, have... Like we, we, who would you rather have being your backup point guard? Uh, a person who was born and raised to be a backup point guard? <laughs> or a person who was born and raised to be a star point guard? Well, I... Okay, that, I mean, that that's a decent point. But, like... <laughs> but, you know, it's like, if... um. You know, like he he's like he's he's not gonna be like Chris Paul isn't gonna be the Chris Paul we know anymore. So like if Chris Paul isn't gonna be Chris Paul, why'd we go get Chris Paul? I'm not I mean, I, I think that you're also uh over exaggerating how quickly someone can decline in the NBA. Like by the end of the year, I still think that he is going to be a top fifteen point guard in the NBA. Right? I mean, right now he's gotta be what? You know, number ten, twelve? In the league? Sure. I, I don't think that you can go within the course of a season to be now below 30, right? So no, yeah, statistically... No, I, well, yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be that drastic. If he's not like, worse than 30, which we're, we're not... Chris Paul is a good player. He will then be a good backup point guard for us. Right, yeah, but but Chris Paul... Like, I also think Chris Paul is the type of player that you want to surround with talent because Chris Paul is so good at like getting the best out of other players. You actually want to put good players around him. I think we will. I think we have some pretty good players that we can put around him. Right, but why why wouldn't why wouldn't we want to put those good players around Steph? We do. We'll put them, the the way that Steve Kerr makes a lineup. Do you go, think do you he's think, never going to have a do lineup? Do you think Steph and Chris Paul can share the floor together? No. <laughs> that's the other thing. No, I do not. Yeah. I think that that, and that and that's kind of like. But every minute that yeah. Steph Curry is not on the court, which were minutes that we would have Jordan. That's Poole true. In, you now have Chris Paul in, and Chris Paul. That's Chris Paul. Min- there's gonna be Chris Paul minutes with Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins. There's gonna be Chris Paul minutes with Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody. Uh, you know, guys who are are legit. That's true. NBA players who he will make them better yeah. having him on the court. Probably not as as much as Steph Curry will make them better, but a lot more than Jordan Poole makes them better. Yeah. Well, and 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 one thing one thing I do like is like we can like obviously like injuries aside, you know, should probably knock on wood, but like when they're both healthy, we can go the whole game with having either Steph Curry or Chris or Paul Chris on the Paul floor. On and the like no matter how bad you think will. Chris Paul is, like 
that you, you, you can't complain about that. Cannot um, complain about your point guard for the entire game being a good point guard. Yeah, you're, you're, have your point good... guard for, for the entire game will be Chris Paul or better. Chris Paul or better, yeah. yeah like... And better being like the fifth best Steph player Curry. in the league. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not crying about it. I know it sucks. Well, I, I love am. Jordan Poole. Um, and, I love and... his face, and I love his expressions, and I love how funny he is. And I love his alma mater. I, I I wish I was friends with him. He's like if yes. I could pick anybody in the league to be friends yes. with, I'd probably pick Jordan Poole. Yes, I, I know. I, I love the guy. Like if I was a Make a Wish kid, my 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 Make a Wish would be hang out, be friends with Jordan Poole. Yeah, that'd be fucking um, sick. Yeah. Well, no, and and like as you could probably tell, like this is like what makes me upset about this is like more than just like the basketball. Cause you know I it's I true. feel like you know you know a, a lot of sports fans can probably relate, but I feel like with me like this Lucas, you can probably attest to this like. You know, you you know me pretty well as a sports fan, and I get like pretty attached to like the the romantic side of it, and like the I get pretty attached to players, um, and and you know like the, this is why this hurts so much because like I really liked Jordan Poole as a player, um, and it, it it broke my heart you know a year ago when Draymond Green and Jordan Poole like two of my three favorite players, um, you know gotten a gotten a fucking fight, and um, who's your third favorite player? Sorry, I just have to ask. Uh, I think you know the answer. Do I? Yeah. Are you going to say Clay Thompson? No, I'm not going to say Clay Thompson. You're going to say Steph Curry, right? No, I'm not going to say Steph Curry. What the fuck? Kevon Looney? Really? Kevon Looney? My three three favorite Warriors players are Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, and Jordan Poole. Well, no, and that's kind of what I'm talking... Like, we had this argument before. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I love Steph. You're wrong. And I I appreciate Steph. And Steph is good. But, like, you know, I I relate to these players as people, too. And I just... I, I love... I love what... How they how they behave and their mannerisms, and I also I also like how you know a, a you think big he's cute. You like yeah, his, yeah, his he's he's ugly cute. <laughs> um, what about like would you kiss him? No. <laughs> what if he said you'd come back? Jordan Poole. What if Jordan Poole said I'll come back for a lot less money if you just give me a big old smooch? Yes. No yeah. yeah. Uh, hey yo. Hey, spend, spending an hey, after, spending yo. an afternoon in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah. Um, but no, like. Um, Lucas, we, we we've had this argument before, but like no, you know, I know, <laughs> like a, a, I know, I know, a player doesn't need to be good for me to like him. I um, didn't, I didn't mean to, and, to throw you off track and, there. And just like a you know, a, a a part of what you know makes me like players is how how well they play their role and like nobody plays his role better than Kavon Looney. Oh um, yeah. Anyways, um, you know, so yeah, it it broke my heart, you know, when you know Draymond Green and Jordan Poole get in this fight, and you know hearing for the whole year that like you know there's like the, the Warriors locker room there's tension when you like I want to believe that like the Warriors locker room is one big happy family and they're all best friends and they're all holding hands and singing and it's all sunshine and rainbows um and it's it's not and that's just like that that creates that 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 makes me experience a lot of dissonance um because you know it's like you know growing up playing sports you know like yeah I, I loved winning but you know, I also loved being in a locker room where everyone felt like my family, and it was all you know, sunshine and rainbows and best friends. Um, and I, I want so badly to believe that it's like that for my favorite team too. Yeah. Um, and my favorite players. Um, but you know, I, I got to give credit to the Warriors organization because it sounds like you know there there was this sort of uh, drama going on that we love to clown the Lakers and the Nets for. Um, but you know, you got to give credit to the Warriors because when there's, when there's tea with the Nets and the Lakers, everybody and their mother knows about it. And the Warriors did a good job of staying professional and, you know, playing basketball and keeping it in the locker room. Um, which, which makes me glad. Shout out to Steve Kerr. Yeah. And yeah. And Bob, yeah. And, and Steph and Bob Myers. And honestly, like shout out to Jordan Poole and Draymond Green. Cause you know, it, it would have been very easy to make it a, a media war and they, they didn't. Um, so even if they didn't, you know, repair their issues between themselves, they at least acted like men and acted like professionals about it. Um, yeah. And and didn't you know fan the flames of the media because um, you you know you know ESPN was licking their chops when uh, when the punch happened, um, and you know they did a good job of not giving you know not giving that dog a bone, um, but it you know it, it really you know this is. This is, I think, my you know the the worst, the worst time of of, of my sports fan career, because um, you know you you've got the Warriors, um, 
you know, in, in, a, in a state of change, um, you know, not only are they, you know, not only have they traded away one of my favorite players ever, they're just getting old. And, you know, um, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm certainly not saying the dynasty's over, but, you know, you, 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 it, this is a, this is a stark reminder that um, nothing lasts, um, if yeah. nothing else. Wow. Um, and also, too. Hug your parents. Yeah, yeah, for real. Uh, Manchester City, uh, my, my arch nemesis of a soccer team, uh, they won they won the treble uh, for our soccer illiterate fans. That's when they win. Uh, that's when you win every competition you compete in. They, they won the European Championship. They won the Premier League. They won the FA Cup. Um, and as a Manchester United fan, Manchester City is, is my, the, my nemesis. They, uh, they didn't win the World Cup, though. They did not win the World Cup. That, so. that, that's very true, Lucas. Good job. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, tough times for me as a soccer fan. Uh, the A's still suck. Um, since the last time we podcasted, the A's, uh, the A's won seven in a row, and then they've lost every game since, um, which I think is like now like at nine or ten. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> and, um, and also, you know, outside of the stadium... Um, you know, obviously, everyone has known that they've been trying to move to Vegas for quite some time now, and then this season is when they announced it's going to happen. Uh, but for a couple weeks there, it looked like uh, they might not clear the hurdles um, because in the Nevada State Assembly, they closed their session without voting on the A's stadium plan, and then they said, "Well, we might do a special a, a special uh, assembly, but we're we're not going to talk about anything before we figure out like the new tax policy." Uh, but then they figured out the tax policy, and then they voted on the A stadium plan, um, and it passed the state assembly, it passed the state senate, and it got signed by the governor. Um, so the you know for 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 a, a week or two there, it looked like the A's might not clear those hurdles to get to Vegas, uh, but they have. So it's it's you know it's all um, well in theory it should all be smooth sailing from here. I wouldn't put it past the A's to find a way to fuck it up. Another excellent outing. Another excellent showing by the A's uh, front office and ownership. Yeah. Uh, well done. Yeah. Well done. Getting yeah. it done. Yeah. And uh, getting to Vegas. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, and, and yes, uh, speaking of Vegas, um, the Vegas Golden Knights have also won the Stanley Cup. Uh, my nemesis of a hockey team. Um, so so How that much sucks. do you like the Giants? How much do I like the Giants? Yeah, are you a Giants like? Would you would you consider the Giants to be like a, a nemesis of yours? No, no, certainly so you not. You don't root against the Giants. No, I some sometimes I get a chuckle out of them losing, but like that's just like a sometimes thing, and it's mostly because of my brother. Yeah. Um, I I more get a chuckle out of my brother losing than the Giants losing. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, you know the like the fu- the fucking Vegas Golden Knights have a Stanley Cup before the Sharks do, um, and like what what the fuck. <laughs> Yeah, life is not fair. Yeah, no, like everything, everything is not coming up Millhouse. Um, Things are coming up uh, bad house. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean that that's where we are right now. I'm pretty much in the same boat as you with everything except for the baseball. Because, and the soccer, you're not really a well. PSG is not doing very well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and his, it hurts. His yeah, his boyhood club. Yeah. So I mean, we lost Messi. <laughs> yeah. Bro, like. It's fuck. Yeah, like, Messi's going so to the 305. When, yeah. he came, when he decided to come to America, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm in shock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the Giants are fucking rolling, yeah, man. Yeah, they're hot. It is, it is. I, so we lost today to the to the the Arizona Diamondbacks, but that puts us at 11 and two in our last 13 games. So we are now. I think we are. 10 or 9 games above 500 now. Last time I talked about how we reached that 500 mark, I wasn't sure if we were going to eclipse it, but since then we've we've maintained the same pace that we were at before to get to 500, and everything is clicking on, on the offense. Our pitching looks really good. We definitely have this rotation down, and everyone's really solid. We've looked like a really tough team, a really hard team to beat, a team that knows how to string together hits, and score runs, yeah. and a huge part of it is actually the rookies that mm. have been playing for the for the Giants. Uh, my least favorite player on the Giants is Joey Bart. <laughs> I've never liked Joey Bart. The man does not know how to hit the baseball. Who's more of a bust, Joey Bart or James Wiseman? James Wiseman, <laughs> unfortunately. Even though I think they both went number two overall in the draft. Uh, when were the Giants bad enough to pick number two? I can't remember. It was a long time ago. We drafted him a long time ago. Uh-huh. Uh, but 
He sucks. We have two rookie catchers that are both fucking good. We have Blake Sable, awesome. who's a beast. We have... Um, fuck, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name. <laughs> he's, he's, he's only played for like a month. Uh, you're, you're asking the wrong guy, my friend. Oh, shit. The other catcher who's a rookie for, for the Giants. Yeah, the other he's one. He's nice. I'm, that I'm, other guy. <laughs> I'm fucking up on his name. We have Casey Schmidt, who's our shortstop slash third baseman, who swings at every single pitch, <laughs> and he gets hella hits and a lot of RBIs because of that. And we also have Luis Matos, who is hitting 400 in the minors and is wow. now heating he called up, right? in the majors. He's been up for like two weeks now. He had his first home run yesterday, nice. uh, which put the Giants up by two runs, and we, we won that game. Uh, it's been really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, I really like the farm system. Farhan is a total genius. Um, and the guys who have been around, like Mike Yastrzemski, like Lamont Wade, like Tyro Estrada, they are all really having a great year. It kind of feels a lot like how it did two years ago when we won 106 games. And I just really hope this year that we can maintain the pace, hopefully edge out the Dodgers by the end of the year, and uh, make, a, make a playoff push. Because that's, that's what we missed in that season. You know, we had 106 yeah. wins, but first round, unfortunately... We lost yeah. to the Dodgers. You, 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 so, you lost to the 105-win team. Yeah. Yes. If we can just go past the first round, I'll be happy. Yeah. I would love to get to the World Series. I would love to get to the National League Championship Series. Uh, so that's that's really what I'm hoping for. The vibes here in SF yeah. are good. Yeah. Well, no. And like as you know, as someone who's been an A's fan for a long time, I've seen teams, you know, put together good seasons. And what what makes those teams good? is when they find a way to win games that they shouldn't win. Yes. Um, and it seems like that's what the Giants have really done um, these past couple series. Is like, like they, they steal wins. Um, they come back. And, you know, and then, they, you know, the, the, the good A's teams did that all the time. Yeah, that's really what it's been. You know, it's, it's, there's no superstar on the Giants. There's really no superstar. It's a bunch of guys who are pretty good. Yeah. And Like those A's teams. Like those A's teams, exactly. So uh, I'm really happy with the team. I... Let me let me give some credit to one player. Uh, pick a player, any player on the Giants. Oof. Um, do a pitcher. A pitcher? Yeah. Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb has had an incredible season. Not uh, to be confused with Alex Webb. Alex Wood. Wood. Logan Webb. Logan Webb. Alex Logan Webb. Wood. Alex Wood. Yeah, Alex Lo- Logan, Cobb. Logan Webb is good. Logan Webb is very good. Yeah. But Alex Cobb is surprisingly very what good. What about Alex Wood? Alex Wood is mid. Okay. He's probably our worst starter. Oh, Sean Manaya. Sean Manaya. Yeah, he got. <laughs> he's not great. Yeah, he, he got moved to the bullpen. Yeah. Yeah, he's in the bullpen and he's kind of like our fourth or fifth option out of the bullpen now. He's not. Ooh. He's not very good. Yeah. But uh, shout out to the pitching staff. In any case, um, I think we have one more thing to talk about. Yes, uh, this Wednesday, uh, June twenty eighth, the NHL draft. Um, one of the best draft classes in a really, really long time. Um, the only draft classes I think that, that have been as comparably good um, were McDavid's draft class uh, that also had Jack Eichel and then uh, Austin Matthews' draft class uh, the year after. Um, but this draft class obviously has Connor Bedard. Like, this dude has probably, like, top three of all-time potential. Wow. Um, and I, 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 still, I still get fucking pissed off that... Like, the Sharks... You know, like, if the Sharks were the worst... You know, well, the Sharks were the worst team in the league. Yes. But if the Sharks had the best chance of winning the lottery and they didn't, you know, it's like, whatever. You know, it's like, we did we did everything we could. Um, and But, you know, that's how the lottery works sometimes. But it's like, the Sharks found a way to be the worst team in the league and then have the fourth best odds in the lottery. And sure enough, they're picking fourth. Yep. Um, so I, I still get pissed off about that. Um, but there is still a lot of intrigue... Uh, in this uh, draft class, because, um, you know, obviously Bedard's going to go number one. Um, and then there's another uh, prospect by the name of Matvey Michkov. Um, and Matvey I think... Matvey Michkov. Uh, He's the real, the real gem. Yes, yeah. Um, well, and as, as you, as you might have guessed, uh, he is Russian. Um, shocking, given his name. Um, but he is, you know, if he was just a... a Without this outstanding condition, I will I will describe to you in just a minute. Um, he would probably go number two 
Um, he's probably the the second most talented or skilled prospect in this draft. He's the Scoot Henderson yes. of this draft. Um, and then uh, Brandon Miller uh, would be Adam Fantilli, um, who is uh, getting drafted out of the University of Michigan. Go Blue. Oh, wow. Um, but Fantilli's also like, I think if, you know, in most draft classes, all three of those guys go number one overall. Um but, you know, Bedard is the no-brainer number one overall pick. Um, and Fantilli, um, I, from what I've heard or read, I guess, um, Mitchkov is, as a prospect, probably just a little bit better than Fantilli. Uh, they're both fantastic. And like I said, both of them are number one overall caliber picks. Um, but, you know, that's what happens when they're all in the same draft class. Um, but Fantilli is going to go number two. Because Matvey Michkov uh, is under contract uh, with his Russian team. I believe it's uh, St. Petersburg. Um, it's either St. Petersburg or Moscow. I don't know. doesn't matter. Um, he's under contract with his Russian team uh, through 2026. Um, and uh, reports have surfaced that depending on the team who picks him, uh, he might not buy himself out of his contract uh, if he doesn't like the team that picks him. Um, and a certain Yaramir Yager uh, did that same thing and was able to get drafted uh, by the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, which is who he wanted to draft him. Um, and it worked out pretty well for him. Um, so Mitchkov is uh, reportedly employing that same strategy. Um, so Fantilli is going to go number two because of that. And Mitchkov could go anywhere f- uh, anywhere in the draft after that. Um you know, if if your team is bad enough, you're like, you know what, it's fine. We're not going to be good till 2026 anyways. We can wait. Then you can take Mitchkov anyways. But if you want him playing now um, and you're not one of those teams, excuse me, not one of those teams that Mitchkov has expressed interest in playing for immediately, you know, that, that makes you think twice about drafting him. And if 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 you're if you're the San Jose Sharks, you got to look at yourself and go, Ah shit! We're probably not one of those teams. Yeah, yeah, we're not one of the teams. We're not that one of the teams wanna, that Mitchkov wants to play for. Play for. Um, that being said, I don't think we're going to be good until twenty twenty six. Anyways, I think we can. If if we pick him, we're fine. We're we're we'll wait. We can wait. Um, because the, the Sharks are still like, you know, because the Sharks were so good for so long, the rebuild is taking a long time too. Like, I still think we have to get worse before we get better. Um, which is mind-boggling considering we were the worst team in the league this year it's okay um, but I'm just I'm, we still have you know yeah go ahead i won't i just won't watch hockey <laughs> yeah, for, for a few yeah, more years right yeah lucas, okay. lucas will be okay lucas yeah. can do it um but you know like we still have big contracts of players over 30 we need to get rid of um so we you know i think we need to get worse before we get better um um but you know so you know so number one is going to be bedard number two is going to be fantilli uh, the Sharks pick fourth. Um, now, if Mitchkov gets picked uh, third overall, um, that takes a decision off our hands. Uh, we can pick uh, Leo Carlson, who's still a fantastic player. Um, we can pick Leo Carlson. Related to Eric Carlson? Uh, no. Um, not even spelled the same. Good. Idiot. Um, Good. <laughs> um, no, but um, so if Mitchkov goes number three, we're going to take Leo Carlson. Uh, takes the decision off our hands. If Leo Carlson gets taken at third overall, and we're picking between Mitchkov and Will Smith, uh, who's the final prospect in the top five, um, in a really, really good top five um, prospect pool for a draft class, um, you know, if if we want if we want the safer option, we pick Will Smith at four overall, and if we want to roll the dice, uh, we pick. Mitchkov fourth overall. Um, I would prefer Mitchkov because of how good of a hockey player he is and the fact that we still, in my opinion, uh, I think we need to get better before we get worse. Um, I don't think there's any need to rush uh, this prospect development. Um, I think we should draft for talent and not for fit. Um, and I think I think Mitch, you know, a player as good as Mitchkov falling to four and how desperately we need talent, um, and how electric of a player he can be. I want to take Mitchkov. 
Um, but even if we end up with uh, Will Smith, um, you know, preferably Leo Carlson or even Will Smith, um, all five of those, all five of the players are fantastic players. Uh, and when you're picking fourth overall, you can get one of those players. Um, so I'm pretty excited for this draft, but it's unfortunately still going to be a while before the Sharks uh, are competing. And hey, I think that's okay. If we decide to take this guy, Mitchkov, and you wait till 2026 to get him, hopefully we stay bad, which I'm right, sure yeah. we will. We're, we're, able, we're able to keep tanking. And that's fine. We're, we're able to keep having the worst record in the league and picking fourth. We'll just do that, and hopefully next year... Because <laughs> we'll the Sharks are so fucking good at tanking. Get a better pick, and then pick a top guy from that class, and a top guy from the next class, and then we get our draft pick back from this year, which is yeah. our 2026 guy. It's like a, it's and hopefully like by then, check we're, coming we're good. In. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a, it's just a delayed check. Yep. So hopefully by then we will be better and able to... I said Chet, not check. That works too. But I yeah. mean, both of them, yeah. like, right? But like yeah, a late both, check both, or, yeah, or a late yeah. Chet Holmgren. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So hey, bright skies. Yep. <laughs> and after a, after a rather uh, depressing and miserable episode, at least from my end, yeah. uh, the future, the future is, is looking up in San Jose. Um, and uh, hopefully... Uh, the 49ers will put some put something good together too. I actually feel, you know, I don't have much to say cuz nothing's really going on in the football world right now, but I feel I feel great about the Niners. Hell yeah. Um I I hope Brock Purdy his elbow uh re-exists. <laughs> um uh Me too. I also yeah. Um and yeah, uh, hopefully brighter days ahead uh for for the Warriors. Uh you 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 got to keep the faith, you got to keep the trust in what has built so much for that for that fran- for this franchise and this dynasty um it's not over yet and i think i think there's enough gas left in the tank uh if they if they do it right the warriors can get back there uh bright days ahead i'm i'm feeling good all right we're feeling good yeah. we're feeling real good after this. <laughs> yeah I, I had to kind of force that out of myself uh but hopefully episode 19 brings uh more positive news uh stay tuned until then and thanks for listening